Welcome back to Chasing Sunday. My name is Brian Davis. I'm your host. Uh, thanks so much for uh, for tuning in and and keeping us in your podcast rotation. Really appreciate that. This is a podcast that helps worship leaders uh, get off the treadmill of ministry and stop chasing Sunday after Sunday. And uh, this week's episode uh, is my dear, dear friend, Justin Adams. Uh, he has led worship all over the world um, and is currently serving as uh, a worship pastor at Mission Hills Church, where I used to serve as well. Um, and yeah, you'll notice we have a lot of fun. Um, our history is uh, quite extensive. We met uh, all the way back in sixth grade, Justin would say fifth grade. Um, and uh, yeah, we have experienced a lot together. We've made a lot of music together. And uh, he's just got a really great story, a really great perspective on ministry. Um, and one thing that I want you to listen for in this episode, especially for worship leaders who are maybe struggling in their relationship with their senior pastor, um, that is one of the most crucial relationships that you'll have in ministry as a, as a music minister. Um, and Justin has seen the dark side of that, uh, for sure. I have as well, but we, uh, we're here to talk about Justin and let Justin talk about his story. So, um, so yeah, this is, uh, I think you'll find some nuggets in there, uh, for how to help with that situation. Um, yeah, Hey, again, just thanks for listening. This is the Chasing Sunday podcast with my guest, Justin Adams. Ready? Let's get started. Let's do it. Justin Adams. Brian Davis. Welcome to Chasing Sunday. I'm so excited. I well, uh, well I'm I mean, not I'm not that excited. You're not excited. Yes. I'm excited. This is a this is a big thing for me, but for you yeah. Yeah. probably like um, let's let's taper the let's, uh, let's, yeah. excitement to yeah. a lower level. Yeah. For for those of you who may be seeking some context for this conversation. Yeah. Uh so in in many of the first like five episodes <laughs> during my intros <laughs> Uh, almost every single one of them, I said, I'm really excited about this episode. And so Justin sent me a text at one point saying, like, hey, if I'm ever on the show, I want you to not be excited about Please this just Let's set it up for so, yeah. so that you might be delightfully surprised right. if it goes somewhat well. <laughs> so keep your expectations low. Real low. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Justin and I have been friends for... Years and years. The longest friend I have. Uh, wow, is you. Might be a better way to say that. But um, we've been friends for a long time. That's the way. <laughs> That's the way. Um, we let's see. We met like in sixth grade, and yeah, and, I would say sixth grade for sure. Maybe some fifth yeah. grade band stuff. Maybe if we did. I feel like there were some things. Was there like as combined? They, Combine things. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe I'd just like to say that. Well. I remember fifth grade, but. Uh, okay. Well, well, let's go with yours. Um, but yeah, a, we're, we're a couple of uh, couple of Sterlingites. Yeah. Grew up in, in Sterling, Colorado. Yeah. That's weird. Nowhere. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody you know grew up in Sterling, Colorado, <laughs> other than the two guys on this podcast. We're speaking into your ears right now. That's it. Grew up in That's Sterling, all you Colorado. know. Yep. And, and if you do know someone else 
Let us know because we know them. We probably know them. Yes. Yes. Very well. So, uh, yeah, Justin and I have made, let's say we've made music together. Beautiful we've, music together. Beautiful music together. Actually, it's very morose it, music. Was, it was morose music. It was our teenage years. Yes. Yes. My, mine was slightly more morose. Yeah. Yours always was a yours. bit darker than mine. Yeah. I was, a, I was a sad kid. I had some pain. Yeah. You did. You yeah. did. And I you wrote, wrote it in one song. Yeah. I you think wrote, they just won. Wrote about it really well. And then we so. wrote some weird songs and some funny songs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And, and then and then uh and then we just didn't anymore. You know, I was oh. thinking as I was driving over here, that album, those are all original songs that we did. Uh-huh. There's no reason we don't put that out for the interwebs to hear. We probably for free. I, I have a I, I, there's a CD down on my wife's desk in her in our basement in her office. And every time I walk past it, I'm like, oh, God. It's I, only a matter of time. I feel like it needs to be Before that there. ends up on Spotify or iTunes or something. It's not the best stuff. thing people have ever heard, but it's you know maybe not the worst. But I, I, would, I would venture to say it's not going to be the worst. Not the worst. I mean, I listen to music these days. Yeah. And, right. I- <laughs> and you have to keep in mind that these were a couple of teenage kids. Right. And we made, what was that, 98, 99? Yeah, that feels right. Ninety-eight, I feel like, is what the copyright says on the disc. But and the girlfriends we had yeah. that are on the disc too. Yep. Yeah, we yep. include yep. that. That's just uh, my dog yeah. trying to break down the studio door. That's pretty cool. Where we're recording. So uh, yeah. So there's Moose. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Justin, really glad that you uh, that you're doing this, um, yeah, and I am really excited because um, you've you've experienced a lot in your ministry career and, and in your music career in mm-hmm. general. Um, and I would just love for you to share a little bit about, sure. Yeah. Where, where you've been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk about kind of how you got into ministry and, um, and, and your desperate need to get out. <laughs> um, this burning desire. <laughs> well, I tried that for a no, few years. You did we'll talk that about that. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, sure. just, uh, feel free to share your story. And, uh, if something pops up that I feel like I want to interrupt, please do. I'll yeah. just do it. It's, I love that. It's my show. That's the way so. that we, we talk anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, for most people who listen to this podcast or, uh, find themselves as a, um, uh, worship pastor, worship leader at a church, probably most of them, uh, had some sort of trajectory that was specified for that kind of career path. Mm. That was not the case with me. Yeah. In fact, uh, Brian and I, um, when we were starting to go to college, um, I was pursuing the music theater thing and the opera thing, and I was already doing some of that in high school and thought, hey, Colorado State has, has always been the place that we went for band yep. camps and different things. Band camp. Band Is camp. that what they called it? What was it called? Uh, I went to a marching band camp there yeah. once. It was like a four day thing, right? Uh, on the and all state choir was at Colorado state, state. Yeah, that was up. At so, like, I had already decided I was going there, and right. then Brian was like, "I'm going to CCU, uh, Colorado Christian University," and what? he was doing something in worship music. Honestly, I had I grew up in a church, which he did too, where music was predominantly voluntary you yeah. know it wasn't a yep. it wasn't a position so like yep. i had no clue what you're doing i thought 
man, not only is he doing a music type of major, he's doing something that nobody gets paid to do. Right. And that, that's what my family thought too. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, it was so foreign to me. And like when he actually got a job um, in the ministry, I was like, dude, what? And what are you doing? Like, is there another thing that you, which is, which is funny because often I get asked that today when I tell people what I do. Right. They go, so what is your job so though? So what's your job then? Yeah. That, yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, because that's your weekend gig. So what yeah. do you do during the week? And they they don't think that things happen during the week right. for creatives or worship yeah. uh, leaders or yeah. any I, of that. So I remember telling my family like I'm, I want to go to school and, and I want to be a you know I want to be a worship leader. Yeah, I want to be a worship pastor. And I got that look of like. You know, and I mean, my family knew that I was going to do music like all my life. Right. Like I came out, Given. you know, yeah. yeah. And, and my mom was like, my mom loves to tell this story of like, yes, well, you, you came out of the womb just singing, let me entertain you. And every time she tells <laughs> that story, I just want to crawl under a mm-hmm. rock. Um, but I make my mom sound like she's some like Victorian English, like, <laughs> well, I've actually like, seen her do something like that. <laughs> right, yes. Um, and, and so, yeah, so it wasn't a surprise I was going to do music, but when I added the ministry part to it, I got a lot of like, you know, very sympathetic looks like, oh, oh so yeah. you're going to be poor the rest of your life. Right, exactly. And they were right. They were, they were <laughs> on the money, on the money on that one. I mean, you just walked through my house. So, you know. <laughs> Like oh god hey wow you got your own that's, studio though that's I pretty, do have it, how many people have that it's, in their well, backyard that's true that's not, pretty not sick many. this is kind of nice yeah I'm, mine's a woodshed I'm hashtag blessed I hashtag guess. blessed for yep. sure yeah so anyway anyway uh, yeah so I never considered the ministry uh, uh, I didn't know what Brian was doing in college but I <laughs> I wasn't doing that because I thought there was a better chance of me making it as a uh, you know as an opera singer or as a uh, um, you know, someone off off Broadway or something like that. I thought that man, man this is the way to go. This is going to be, this is going to be where I'm at. And uh, finished in 2001 with bachelor of music and vocal performance. Was doing professional opera. Was doing dinner theater. Was teaching voice lessons. Was uh, uh, helping out with worship at my church. Was bartending part time. I mean, I had so many different irons in the right. fire at that time. I didn't know what was going to happen, uh, but I was considering taking it to the next level and doing like a, a master's or something like that and going mm-hmm. to an actual conservatory or something like that, a little bit more focused. And um, at the same time, I was leading worship at Timberline Church in Fort Collins and was kind of interning without really the intentionality of interning. Right. Um, they had kind of groomed me for leading one of their, their teams at that point. And somebody else asked me, Justin, have you ever thought of like doing this right. as a full-time you know, thing. And I was like, no, I, <laughs> I haven't. Um, really, not at all. And all it's right. not been on my radar. Well, he said, I've got a friend actually um, who's starting a uh, church up in uh, the Denver area. And can I just give him your number? I said, okay, sure. You right. know, I'd actually gone down the road with another interview process for a church in Evergreen at one point. I really just wanted that because it had a parsonage on the on the, on the uh, golf course up there. There you go. Yeah, and that got got my attention a little bit with that one. But this guy, he sat down with me, and everything he said was my favorite thing. And I was just like, "You're telling me you're gonna you're gonna give me a salary to lead worship and do music right. like what?" I didn't even know what I was going to be doing during the week at that point. I was like, you know, and then I found out and I was like, well, I've made a terrible mistake. No, um, uh, it was, 
it was the combining of two passions, music mm. and Jesus, and I was able to do this for a more money than I'd been making in the 800 jobs I had combined, you know, there in Fort Collins. So, um, me and my dog moved to the Denver tech center and we were a part of a startup church, not my dog, just me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. What did you, what was your dog's role? Was Uh, he your associate? uh, Thunder was, uh, she was just a faithful friend to listen to me at the end of the day because I had no one at that point in my life until I met my wife, uh, while I was at that church. Um, yeah, com, baby, because where else do you find a wife Yahoo personals. when you're a worship pastor in the early 2000s? Wow. And so, yeah, that's that's how I met Tracy. And I didn't realize that. You didn't know that? How did I not know that you met on online? I don't know. You're a bad friend, I guess. Maybe. That's or terrible. maybe you've been keeping it a secret from me. <laughs> I don't know why I would. I tell everybody <laughs> like, that. Usually people look at me. Uh, there's no there's the, there's no uh-huh. shame yeah. in, in meeting online. Yeah. I, I don't. Everybody yeah. does anymore. But right. uh, anyway... Um, after being with that church for a couple of years, uh, it was a startup church that uh, was not managing money well. So um, that's very co- rare. Couple things. That's <laughs> yeah, extremely very, rare. Extremely <laughs> rare. Never has happened before. <laughs> it was just our church, this small little tiny startup in uh, South Denver. Yeah. Um, which uh, they just weren't able to keep salaries the way they needed to. I'd already begun a conversation with a church in Colorado Springs. Went there, and I was there for three and a half years. Uh, before feeling called on to uh, another place, uh, mainly, and we can touch on this later, just out yeah. of some strained relationships between me and the senior pastor. Sure. Um, moved on to a um, very great fellowship um, in the South Colorado Springs area mm-hmm. uh, where I got to do gospel music and so so many different styles of music oh, yeah. that I was this you know, boy from the sticks in Sterling, Colorado was not ex- experienced in the seven chords as much as they were doing there, but I loved it and had a great time. Great yeah. season there for seven years, nearly, uh, Calvary worship center. And, um, then I hit a roadblock and I just found myself burnt out. And, mm-hmm. uh, as we alluded to earlier, I decided, you know, it's, it's time. There were some other life things going on. Tracy and I had just, uh, gone through a very long adoption process, four year adoption process, uh, for a little boy. We actually met in the church, um, who is now our son. And we felt, you know, we just need to get away and, um, take a pause, take a break from, um, ministry life and, and really just focusing on our family. And there was an opportunity for me to go and work with a friend in Texas and uh, do some different things that were somewhat ministry-oriented. I, I still uh, did um, some uh, itinerant um, gigs and helping out uh, worship pastors who were needing a break. I could go in, fly in, help them out, do a weekend, yeah. much like uh, Brian does. And um, I was able to go in and do that. And then... Um, also did some stuff with a conference, large worship conference mm-hmm. yeah. um, in Florida that happens every year, the Experience Conference, and worked with them. And And then I was building houses. And uh, by the time that a year and a half passed by, I was just building houses and wasn't helping so much with the conference. Right. Um, I was doing my itinerant thing on my own. Um, but some of the things that I dreamed about and wanting to do um, there in Texas we're all coming down to me building houses, which um, don't hire me to build your house. And, uh, <laughs> number one, I don't like it. And number two, I'm not really great at it. Um, <laughs> but I kind of found myself in North Texas going, what am I doing? <laughs> someone someone somewhere in North Texas is going to listen to this and be look around their house yeah. and be like, 
Did yeah. he build this one? Well, and the funny thing was, <laughs> I, my job was to go around each house and find the things that the the contractors had done wrong. Okay. The, I was the blue tape guy, so right. Um, no, I, there were some fun things, but it. it was something different for a while, and it was good. But I really, through the itinerant uh, traveling around and and seeing other fellowships, I remembered why I loved worship leading, and I remembered mm. why I loved being in community at a church, and I loved um, getting to know these teams and build that relationship together with these different bands um, uh, at churches that I would frequent. Uh, it was great to come in again and, and just pick up where we left off and build those relationships, and I missed that right. piece of the ministry because that's really what God has geared me to do is uh, be relational in ministry. Mm-hmm. I, I see it as a family. I see it as a team. Yeah. Um, um, more than a team, really, though, uh, more like a family uh, has been a big part of my life. And so I missed that. And uh, Mission Hills, where Brian has been on staff, um, in fact, I, I joke a lot of times and say that I took my best friend's job, right? which is not a lie. And uh, I, I willingly gave it. You willingly so, gave it. I asked yeah. for your blessing, I think, even. Uh, kind of like I was oh. dating your daughter or I'm something. pretty sure I had recommended yeah. you to Danny. You, so. you probably did, and I yeah. didn't know that. See? Oh, okay. So Yahoo Personals, Danny, recommendation. Right. Right. Anyway, uh, there's uh, yeah. there's Moose. Yeah, the dog at the is, door. He's still. Good. Yeah. Well. Anyway, hey, did that do? stop moving? Is that is that good? Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Hey, we're still rolling here. This is live. <laughs> so this is pre-recorded live. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, Mission Hills uh, had offered me um, a position before I left for Texas. Um, new pastor had came on there and kind of uh, put put that bug in my ear which is a terrible illustration I, isn't it never like, put a bug in someone's ear. all i think about is uh is uh star trek the wrath of khan oh yeah where they put the what yeah, else where they would put you the think big, about well that's i mean i'm pretty much just always thinking about that's star, star trek or star wars yeah right. those yeah. are those Makes are the sense. two things yeah anyway he had he had uh put that out there and i was like <laughs> man i am just burnt out i can't do it i'm right. sorry which is mind-blowing because i would have jumped at the the opportunity sure. to be at such a, a storied church that's been around for so long and a place that you've been and been with danny ortley a great friend of ours uh, man everything was just like yeah. perfect and i was that burnt out to go right i'm gonna pass yeah nah texas sounds better <laughs> yeah. than that not just texas north, north texas, texas. <laughs> yeah almost the oklahoma line there it was not great um Sorry to anyone who's listening in the North Texas area. I don't, I don't think anybody listens Probably from there not. yet. Maybe so. maybe after this episode, though, because I've got some ties there. Maybe. There you go. So shout there out you to go. you, North Texas. Woo! Hope you're doing well. Um, <laughs> so uh, the way that God does in so many, so many times in my life, and I'm sure he has in yours, has extended his hand and um, also provided for you when you didn't walk down the road that that was kind of laid out before right. you that hand was still open um by the time that i was like what am i doing here in north texas yeah. and made it to mission hills and had been con- contracting doing weekends uh with mission hills that whole entire mm-hmm. time that i was in texas brought me back to where my family is and everything so right. it was great to be back and and uh i was missing the mountains terribly bad missing my family missing being close to everything that i'd known growing up and and in ministry really too so it was a great opportunity to come back and uh, been on uh, with Mission Hills now uh, for almost three years. Believe it or not, it's a quick three years, but yeah. uh, excited um, for what's going on in that ministry and uh, 
some really talented, gifted people that I get to work with at Mission yeah. Hills. So yeah. that's a brief synopsis sure. of uh, yeah. my ministry life for the last 18 to 20 years, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. We'll throw that number nice. out there. Yeah, you are, um, yeah, you're, you, you're surrounded by great people there yeah. at Mission Hills for yeah. sure. It's a good a good team. Definitely. Um, so, um, hey, I want to uh, dig in a yep. little bit to uh, a couple of the things that you said uh, there sure. in your story. Um, what What would you say, um, and we'll, we'll kind of start more recently and maybe work our way backwards. Um, what would you say brought you to that place of burnout mm. um, in, in ministry? Like what... Mm. What were some of the, as you look back on it, hindsight being 2020, yeah. obviously, yeah. Mm. Um, you know, what, what were some of those, you know, kind of little waypoints that, that, yeah. that made you think like, I can't do this anymore, yeah. at least not for a minute. You know, uh, something we talked about earlier, uh, um, just being in church as a volunteer, um, mm. growing up, I mean, you like me church rat you know you were always in the pews (laughs) right like when mom was doing my mom was doing choir you know rehearsals or whatever i was there all the time and my mom raised my sister and i until i was uh about eight or so Mm -hmm. as a single mom so we if she was at church we were at church and um like there was this innateness of i'm gonna be at church right and i'm gonna serve in whatever you need i'll do it because I'm at church, and that's family, yep. and that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the The flip side of that, when you work for a church and you've been a part of a church in that atmosphere of I'm volunteering my time, and yes, I'm serving the Lord, mm-hmm. um, when someone says over you, well, that's just church, right. that's, that's just ministry, mm-hmm. you go, oh, okay, like that's how you jump in, right. and I didn't have the schooling or... Uh, you know, I didn't go to a, a Christian university and have some of these classes. Not that they would have taught this, right? At, yeah, at there a was, there's university. a lot of that that I also you, you did also not learn. learn. <laughs> Absolutely, but maybe you have some people that will be like, "Hey, once you get in, this might be what you experience." Yeah, and so I was just like, "Sure, tell me more." <laughs> yeah, and so I will be here until eleven thirty tonight. Okay, that's awesome. That's ministry. That's, that's ministry. That's just ministry. And then yeah. I would turn around and tell my wife, "That's just ministry." You know. Right. Um, and I didn't even know anything was going wrong for most of the time, um, in, in those, uh, let's call it the first 12 years of, of ministry for me, I was like, man, this is just the way it is. Um, and I just need to work hard and, and that's just the reality of it. Um, and I wasn't taking vacations. I wasn't taking care of myself in that regard. I wasn't taking care of my marriage, my family. There was a lot of things that I was putting second mm-hmm. to ministry, and um, uh, a friend asked me actually um, that I'd known through the conference if I would come out and lead worship at his church in Florida. I was like, "Dude, that sounds awesome!" Yeah. So I took a weekend off, which I hated doing at this point because it was almost more work for me to get someone new in, and my pastor had this standard, and I had right. to meet that standard uh, if I was going to be gone, and it. But I did it, and I was glad that I did it. Went down and uh, led worship in Delray Beach, and we uh, decided, hey, let's take a couple of days vacation, add it on to this, mm-hmm. and I will uh, get us a hotel, and we'll just hang out and go to the beach and do whatever. Yeah. 
And we were standing in the pool. Well, I was standing in the pool. Tracy was reading a book, I think, poolside. And and I was standing in the pool, and it was just a nice, beautiful, I don't even know what time of year it was. It was warm, and it was beautiful. I was in the pool <laughs> with my sunglasses on, which was good for the next part because I just began to cry. And mm. I was like, why am I why am I crying? Something broke inside of me and mm. said, Justin, you haven't you haven't taken a break. Yeah. Jesus took a break. Yeah. Jesus, the Son of God, God Himself, demonstrates breaking, getting away from people and mm-hmm. pausing even his ministry and he's perfect. Right. Right. And yet I had been going nonstop and hadn't taken a break. Here was the first time I took two days to myself <laughs> with my wife. And I just was like crying in yeah. the pool by myself. So that was a realization, and that was probably the culmination of probably another year, uh, year and a half or so, where I started to go, okay, mm-hmm. I got to get things right, and I can't just take people at their word when they say that this is ministry. Right. I'm going to push back a little bit. Right. And me pushing back actually elevated me in ministry a little hmm. bit. Sometimes my uh, the pastor at the time would actually lean in when I would say, Help me understand that so that I can right. carry the banner because right. that's never been really my game. I'm a yes man to a point, but I also want to know what, what the point is. Right. So help me understand how to minister and what, what the vision is here. And, and so if it, it was that was just ministry, well, help me understand that. Right. Why? Yeah. You know, especially why when I'm here, you know, and ministry people that are in our area, the creatives, are the first ones there and the last ones to leave. Yep. Help me understand how that's ministry for me, but for you it looks a lot different. Right. And so those were some of the questions I started to ask. And when I started to ask some of those questions, we started to have conversations. Right. Um, and then really just discovered that this was a time for yeah. me to take a break. And yep. and it was kind of thrust upon me, but at the same time, um, I think it was God's hand in all of yeah. it. I needed it. Yeah. So. I mean, looking at it from the outside and and knowing, you know, so, some of what you were going through there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then your ultimate decision to, to move on. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I think that it probably was, you know, the best thing for you. Because right. I remember not only you, but but our friend Aaron, who, who worked in, in right. tech there, yep. you know, with you. And I mean... Again, if like if the not to say that that tech folks aren't creative, but like if the creatives and the worship leaders and the band folks are there, you know, mm-hmm. first in, last out, like the tech people are often there before you yes, got there, definitely. and there after you're going to leave too, and 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 with and, a guy like Aaron Miller, it's definitely right. hours before and hours later, sure. usually. So yeah, and and it's not to say like I mean, thing is, is like yeah, for for. For people to write that off, for for leadership to write that off, or even other Christians in general to write mm-hmm. that off and say like, that's just ministry. Mm-hmm. It's like, but but is it? Yeah. Like, is yeah. it or yeah. is it is it is it a business? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it the business yeah. of church right. that we that has become so intertwined with yeah. ministry? You yeah. know, because uh, you know, fifty years ago. Yeah. yeah, like like you said, like you know, when I when I go to college to become a worship pastor, mm-hmm. and you're wondering like, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. is that even a job? What's, like, what's that? Yeah, well, well, I can just make stuff up too. <laughs> I'm gonna be the president of Blue Planistoon. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, my my grandfather used to yeah. used to joke like, as you know, asking you the same question that you mm-hmm. would get, like, so. 
so what else do you do? Because pastors really only work two days of the week. Yeah. You know? And what would you say you do You here? do here. Um, I don't know if we're going to have to pay for, like, copyright or anything for saying Well, I didn't, from, I didn't from reference that. That's oh, just okay. a saying, I think. Right, yes. That's not a part of a yes. show. A very popular movie. That, yeah. yeah. No. Things. Um, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, you look back to, and yes, there were definitely ministers in, in those days that, yeah, it was their life to yeah. be you know, to be a part of the church and to right. lead their church, yeah. and which is why there are things like parsonages. Right. Like you lived yep. on the land where the church was mm-hmm. and you, you know, you did this thing. We watched a uh, modern day Levi. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. And, and so, but, but life has changed so much yeah. and ministry has yeah. changed so right. much. And, and again, the fact exactly. that we have, we've commingled all these business practices into ministry practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it does feel like, yeah, you, you got to be punching your clock, yeah. but because you're doing this for God, mm-hmm. you probably should punch your clock just a little bit later than yeah. everybody yeah. else. Just yeah. A little bit. So, oh, Especially because your job also is music and it's fun. Right. You right. probably add some more hours on that. Yeah, there it's always Everybody just, else's job is hard. Yeah, it's always just a blast. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. We watched a, a, the church where I serve now. We watched a series of videos um, called Godspeed. Mm. Um, and uh, talk, it really digs into like the parish model of ministry. So there was a, right. a pastor from here in the States decided to move to uh, move to England to be the pastor of this small uh, Episcopal, you know, community or Anglican community in this tiny little town. And, and, and like, it goes back to those days of like, yeah, in, in medieval times or even, you know, coming, you know, a little bit closer to modern day, like Mm -hmm. the church was the center of the community. And so the pastor was basically like the mayor, you know? And so, but the thing is, is like, you didn't, you didn't minister to anyone that you couldn't walk to. Right. Yep. And so, you know, the, the, one of the things that the guy says in this video is like, you know, it's, it's ministry at three miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And, and we were watching this and I was, I was fresh out of, uh, you know, coming out of mission Hills, which is, you know, very large church. And and one of the reasons that I left is because it was getting bigger. Mm -hmm. I'd served in a big church before and just couldn't see myself like re-upping for that, you know, that adventure again. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I was, I was pretty fresh out of that. And so we're watching this video and like you said, you know, the experience you had in the pool, like something inside me broke and Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, this is how ministry can be. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be running a thousand miles an hour with your hair on fire all the time and, and trying to fix everybody's little problems and making sure that, that, you know, that, that the weekend is just the most incredible experience of anybody's, you right. know, yeah. not just their week, but their life, you yeah. know, it's yeah. like, there, there's just a lot of pressure there. Right. And so to be able to, to slow down and, you know, and say like, no, this, this isn't the way that ministry has to be. Right. This is the way that we've made it. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, for you to have that realization, I think was was huge. And there, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure that there are people that that listen to this that they're feeling the same way. Yeah, I mean, or you know, and and thankfully, you know, some of us have this realization um, and make changes where a lot yeah. of guys, um, unfortunately, and, and gals uh, are done. Yeah, 
and 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 I didn't know honestly when I took took that that year and a half mm-hmm. and went to Texas. I I thought uh, this may be forever. Mm. There, it crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, and I had pe- I had voices in my ear at that time that said, "Oh yeah, absolutely, you should." You should just do the itinerant thing, man. You don't have to deal with all the junk during the week right. and the politics of the church and the business pieces that are, you know, sometimes, um, well, they're just not fun. And right. so I was like, yeah, 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 you're, yeah right. you're right. This is awesome. And then I was like, no, I'm designed to actually be a part of a church ministry. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that was a great realization. Then reinstilled in me that call. And, and got me back yeah. on track. So well, and I, I also think that that experience, you know, the kind of the negative experience, helps you. And that you know, when you do take that little bit of a break, mm-hmm. and and you live in that that liminal space, that in between, you are able to say like, yeah. So what are my boundaries going to be? Right. You know, when I left Flatirons before I started working at at Mission Hills, I mean, I I turned Mission Hills down. But probably ten times mm-hmm. I had conversations with with Mike Romberger saying like, yeah. "No, I'm not going to work here, dude. Like, yeah. I'm happy to freelance. I'm happy to fill in when you need me. I'm not yeah. going to work here. I'm yeah. not going to work here." And then you work, and there. and then I worked there. But it wasn't <laughs> until after I had, and I remember very clearly like having that conversation in, in Mike's car, saying to him like, "Okay, here's the thing. I will. I'll." I'll consider it, <laughs> right? But here, here are the things that that absolutely give me life doing yep. ministry. Yep. Here are the things that make me want to drive my car off a bridge. Mm. Um, if if there's a way, and in my experience, what happens is, you know, my my job would be like ninety percent car off bridge. <laughs> Ten <laughs> percent the things that I love and I'm passionate about, yeah, right. but that ten percent would burn so bright that mm-hmm. it would you know kept me coming back. Yeah, right. You know, it's like golf. All it takes is one good shot to know. make you want to. But you almost lived by a golf course. Yeah. Um, that would have been that the life changer probably. <laughs> golf um, in me, but you know. So I said, you know, I I want to work in the places that I'm that I'm passionate about. Yeah. That where where my strengths lie. Yeah. And it, it, you know. So if there's a way that you can structure it that way, mm-hmm. then I'm your guy. Right. But it, it took me that year between jobs mm-hmm. to say like, this is what my boundaries are. Right. Because I was able to take that year and realize like, okay, here's what I love about ministry. Mm-hmm. Here's what I hate about ministry. Right. And and not to say that I don't do things that I don't like in ministry. Like mm-hmm. we all, that's just necessary. Yeah. Like we yeah. all have to do Everybody that. Everybody does things they don't like in right. their job. Right. And in life. Yeah. You know, like, that's just, so. that's how and at some life is. piece of it, it is a job. It's, right. So you have to look Absolutely. at it as a job. Right. And be like, okay, well, I can do it right. with that. Yeah. Or I can't deal with that. But I, you know, I, I was able to, to create those, you know, sort of those guardrails for myself. Right. And, you know, to, to their, you know, Mission Hills credit, like they sort of retooled the entire, Mm -hmm. you know, job description and all that kind of stuff. And that, that was one of the reasons that Danny came on is because he was almost the exact opposite. (laughs) You know, he was looking for, cause he already had, you know, he was traveling around and doing music everywhere and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I don't want to give away too much of his story because I think he's the next, the next person I'm recording, but, um, also uh, will be probably a very mediocre 
Right. It, it won't be. I won't be excited about that one either. Um, I love you, Danny. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. He's a great storyteller. You're yes. gonna you're gonna want to tune in for that. Yes, yes, he is. But you know, but Danny was. You know, he had he had the music piece figured out because right. he was traveling all over the place. He was doing that. He was writing songs, selling albums, all the whole thing. Yep. And what he, but the piece that he missed that he loved mm-hmm. was the pastoring side and, mm-hmm. and he does have this this heart for he like administration and not administration per se yeah, but like say numbers and administration right but like not the strength, team but atmosphere like the team atmosphere yeah. and working yes. you know working alongside a team and being a part right. of a community yeah. was something that he was missing Absolutely. and so we just kind of went like that and mm-hmm. it was no one can see that because it's a podcast yeah. i'm putting I'm we went in, like what he's doing is he's putting I'm, his hands together with inter- his, his fingers interlock interlocking my fingers yeah um so uh so yeah that was it just turned out to be a great situation i ended up you know over time letting my boundaries get encroached on you yeah, know right. and but we don't have to talk about that i've shared that part of my story already um cool that's such good stuff. It's Isn't good. this great, it's everybody? Stuff. Why don't you take a break and grab something to drink for a second? And uh, <laughs> we're going to gather our thoughts. No, um, I, I want to go back just a little bit yeah. further to one yeah. of your, fir- not the, the yeah. church that you were at after the, the church plant. Sure. Um, and I know that the there shall were- shall remain nameless. That shall remain nameless. <laughs> um, so we can talk frankly. So we can talk frankly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to, I don't know. Yeah, no. Anyway, I know that, that there were things that went on there, mm-hmm. um, that I think are very common mm-hmm. in the lives of a lot of worship leaders, especially young worship leaders. Yeah. I know it happened to me early in my ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, the worship leader, worship pastor, senior pastor dynamic. Right. Um, I mean that in a lot of ways, that's one of the most relationship, one of the most relationships. (laughs) I, and we're done. I, I, I English good. That's one of the most crucial relationships, you know, especially when it comes to the weekend service. And because so much is, you know, so much in the modern evangelical church hinges Mm -hmm. on the weekend service. That relationship is so key. Right. Um, so tell me a little bit about that experience Mm -hmm. at, at nameless church. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of where, where that fits into your story. Yeah. Well, first I'll start by saying that, yeah, if you have an amazing relationship, if you're a worship leader, worship pastor, and you have an amazing relationship with your senior pastor, your lead pastor, hold on to it with Mm. everything you got, because that's, that's gold. And if you don't, you're pretty normal. I would say that's a, a, like yeah. a 95% of worship pastors don't mm-hmm. have a great relationship uh, with right. their senior pastor. And some of that is just how God has uh, tooled those two different mindsets. Right. They, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't hang out real well. You know, right. those personalities don't hang out well, but also sure. in, in real life, they don't hang out very well. But, um, <laughs> you know, here I was at a, at my second church and it was an established church where, uh, my first church was, I went at 5 AM to go get the trailer and mm-hmm. go set up the whole church out of this trailer. You know, at the crack of dawn, God wasn't up yet. I mean, it was <laughs> crazy cold and I took a cup of hot water to, you know, de-ice the lock so I could get the key in there. <laughs> 
Yeah, gosh, man, makes you appreciate uh, so much yeah. having your guitar backstage or something like that, yeah. or having an office, right? Uh, for crying out loud. So I was so or excited. Or having a sound system that's just always right. set up. It's always yeah. there. It's always set up. Um, it may suck, but it's always there. Um, uh. And so I was so excited to be at this small church that was established and uh, seemed healthy as I was coming into it, and uh, really was at a, a place of growth. And mm. um, uh, uh, here I was. Um, actually feeling like me and the senior pastor were kind of buddies. We went mm. to lunch, he and I, uh, just the two of us on a regular basis. Right. And we, I would stop in his office. He'd stop in my office. We'd have conversation about whatever was going on, you know, right. just day-to-day stuff. Like, I felt good. I felt yeah. really good. And Tracy and I hadn't been married yet when I started at that church and ended up getting married at that church by mm. the, uh, that senior pastor. And there was did, did someone um did anyone that you know write like a special song for your wedding or anything uh, and perform I can't, it I can't there remember on that day uh, and really foggy. Was he trying to finish that song in the hotel room like the day of your wedding? I don't maybe remember. yeah. Maybe uh, his name is his he was the he was with that Ryan Davis band. Was it? It's Ben Ben Dorniels, I think, is who that yeah, was. That's it. I remember that yeah, from the wedding. That's why I got it yeah. mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, Brian wrote a beautiful song. <laughs> He's gonna sing later in this let podcast. Me, let me let me let me talk about me for a let minute. Let me self promote. Hold on, everyone. I just wanna oh. remind Justin that I was at his wedding. That's right. <laughs> As my best man. <laughs> I thought that maybe that would be the part that he'd identify with. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> no, no, I wrote a song. Wrote a song. <laughs> and it was good. And I finished it the night before. The morning of. Be amazed. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Things I don't know. Yeah. Yahoo Personals. There you go. Denny. There you go. Finishing song on the yep. morning of. Yep. All right. Good deal. Great song, though. Yeah, we'll He'll sing you. it for you later. Um, probably not. Probably not. So here I was thinking that, you know, had this good relationship going with my uh, senior pastor, my wife and I. Um, once we were married, things seemed to be going okay. Not, mm-hmm. not like amazing, but okay. Better than Moose is doing, scratching at the yeah, door. You know? he is really losing. He really wants to be in here. Let's um, see opening. The- see what happens. Could be worse. Could be like Cujo. <laughs> I don't want that. But um, yeah, so things were going well after Tracy and I were married. Even um, uh, then, just little by little, some things started to deteriorate. Um, and at first, honestly, uh, I have to admit now as the the bad husband that i would side with the pastor and his wife on things mm-hmm. instead of siding on things with my wife or or at least investigating a little bit because sure who could be so cruel right. to be so mean to my wife you know like i was finding out that they were being one way to me and a completely different way to my wife mm. um and I just couldn't believe it. And in fact, I wouldn't believe it. Sure. And so um, it, it took till right there at the end, um, me coming around the corner and seeing uh, the pastor talking with my wife in a completely different tone. And mm. as soon as I came into view, he changed his tone, oh. sat up, sat different. And then I was like, okay, I see it now. Mm. Um, but it, it all culminated on a Sunday um, uh, that... 
um, we had an emergency happen in the service. I remember actually talking this over with you, Brian, and yeah. and just kind of because uh, I was done. Uh, I was decompressing the idea of leaving, and I needed to bounce it off of several walls, and you were one of those. <laughs> and you actually offered some great advice that helped me understand that, yeah, I, what I did was right in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And someday I would like to write a book that's called um, So You Want to Be a Worship Leader. <laughs> and this chapter would be called If Looks Could Kill. Uh-huh. And um, on this particular Sunday, um, we had a young man who was in the front row with his mother um, and he had a seizure. Yeah. Um, and we were in our first uh, couple songs and it had happened and I had not noticed it until we had finished the song. And um, uh, the next thing up was a, a, a kind of a welcome and greeting time and then mm-hmm. we go back into another song. Yeah. And so what happened was the pastor came up and said, hey, we've got a medical issue here. We're attending to it, but why don't we go ahead and greet one another? And then he left the stage, and um, I was on stage where our band would usually vamp on something, uh-huh. and out of that vamp, we would go into our next worship song after greeting time would kind of come to a close, you know. And I'm looking off the stage at the pastor sitting in the front row, and I'm just kind of glancing at the medical emergency, and then back to him, and then medical emergency. Okay, nothing's happening here. This doesn't look good. Um, this boy needs, you know, obviously needs um, some medical attention. And uh, if paramedics had been con- contacted at that point, they weren't there yet anyway. So, right. and I know that everybody's minds on this, sure, not on the next worship song. Yeah. So I come off the stage, um, and I'm like, so do you want me to continue to vamp? Or were you going to do something for, you know, I probably said it nicer than this, <laughs> but, or, or were we going to do something here for, um, the situation at hand? And right. he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep vamping. Uh, all right, cool. Um, cause that's what everybody wants yeah, just during some a music. seizure is yeah. a little background music, you want background music <laughs> during a medical emergency, just some light worship jams. Yeah. In and the I'm background. up there like still in my twenties going, okay, wow. Um, Keep it going, man. Let's just keep keep this uh, little vamp going. And I'm looking at the oh. doing the thing where I'm looking at him, looking at the emergency, kind of going back and forth. And I come back off the stage because he's not giving me anything, like oh. nothing, like not even like a little circle in the air with his finger to tell me to keep going. And, and he didn't even go over no to like attend to what no. Was he's where he happening. usually sits. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I come back off the stage and I go, so do you want? Uh, me to go into the next song or continue to vamp or and he goes yeah go into the next song so as i have the band kind Uh, of switch gears and go where we're gonna go this is before click tracks and guides and all that i have every everything kind of switching over the paramedics come in and come down the center aisle and at at this point he goes oh we should stop things and pray finally Finally. So now he it ding ding ding. It went off in his hey. head. It's like, hey, let's do this. <laughs> and so he he comes up on the platform and says, I think we just need to pray. I'm like, you think? Like just are you kidding me? It took this long for us to acknowledge what's going on here oh, and invite man. God into it. Like this just I was like, Am I insubordinate in my right. thinking or am I the only one that's getting it here? Like right. I just I was so uh not mad. I was like, yeah. Am I Am I crazy? Like, this is what we should be doing. Right. So I was relieved. 
Now, the next song in our set list was God of the City uh-huh. and had nothing to do with really anything that we were doing that day, especially now that this has taken place. Right. So the paramedics uh, get the boy up on the stretcher. He's doing much better visibly. We can see that. He's being taken. He's, he's all taken out. Uh-huh. We've prayed for him. And there's this sweet, tender moment in the sanctuary, finally some resolve and everything. And the song after God of the City was Great as Thy Faithfulness. Okay. And um, I had already told the band, start on this CC sustained, you know, idea back and forth so we can go right into Great as Thy Faithfulness. And um, and I already knew, too, that we couldn't do God of the City because we'd lost some time here in the service. So I was trying to, you know, keep the time and... Uh, it, everything was compounded by the superintendent of uh, the affiliation of our church uh-huh. was there that morning. You know, some other things were going on where, like, I think he was trying to show that he was in control. And right. um, he finishes his prayer and his talk time in a tender voice turns to me and says, Justin, is this going to mess you up? Can we just sing together, God of this city? And my whole being was like, are you, is this a ju- what is happening? <laughs> like, like, are you kidding me? Uh, and so half in the mic and half not in the mic, like I'm coming off the mic just a little bit. Uh-huh. So the congregation's not hearing everything that I'm saying, but like, I want them to know that I've put some thought to this at the same time, you know? And I say, you know, I just think with what's going, what what we just witnessed here, God, the, I said, with what we just witnessed here, great is thy faithfulness is really what we need to hear right now, what we need to remember and believe. And um, he didn't say anything else. And he took off the stage the, back to his seat and he looked over his upstage shoulder at me and gave me that look that could kill, like I'm oh. going to kill you later. And I sing, "Great is Thy Faithfulness," right? Almost trembling the entire time because oh, I was a mess. I was like, I feel like I made a good choice, but I feel like I made a bad choice. Yeah. And I left the stage and I went up to my office and I cried and I was like, God, I don't know what I did wrong. I really, but I feel like I, hmm. I um, um. I feel like I broke my pastor's trust. Um, I feel like you were telling me one thing and he was telling me another. So I came to him after the service and I said, hey, um, I'm sorry that I didn't go with what you you said. I should have done that. And he goes, you're darn right. You should have done that. And I see what's going on here. And so he... That's how he takes my apology in this moment. And I, nice. I came to him with tears in my eyes and said, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, I should have gone. And he, I see what you, what's going on here. You're trying to, you know, take the reins or I don't remember what he said that day. But I was like, no, that's not it at all. Not it yeah. at all. And I walked away from that, that conversation and I said, I'm done. And my band was all around me at that point. I said, I'm done, guys. I can't. And um, they're like, no, no, no. It's going to be all right. I was like, not not after this one. Right. And uh, I put in my two weeks Monday morning, and uh, he came directly to my office and said, I don't want you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I just want you to be, you know, 
entirely, you know, submissive to yeah. everything that he wants you I don't, to do. I don't want you to leave. And I said, I don't know how I can stay, man. Like, how can, how can I stay when you think that I'm being insubordinate or being right. just, I'm taking the reins or whatever you, he had said at that time? Yeah. How can you see me staying? Right. After all the things that I've seen happen to my wife and in ministry here, like she was she was called ungrateful, why she was crying by the senior pastor's wife, just loading it. Every time that you were down, this couple would kick you while you're down. Right. Like when I came apologetically, right. he he said, You're darn right you should be sorry and like you know, just like and I was like, I don't see how I can stay. Well he begged me to stay longer than the two weeks because he knew that he'd be in trouble and he didn't have a right. worship leader. And right. so I gave him the summer, I think is what I did. So it was mm. a couple months at that mm-hmm. point and, uh, and I was done and I just could not believe yeah. that that, and, and I remember being after, after that, com- the conversation you and I had, you said, look, they hired you for a purpose and the purpose is to keep your thumb on the pulse of what's going on in the spiritual realm hmm. as well as what's going on in the room and I, I was like, yeah, that's what I was hired to do, and I was doing it. Right. And um, and they have to trust me at some point. Yeah. And I, I always have taken the position of worship leader, lead worshiper, worship pastor, whatever you want to call it, with the utmost, um, just honor and mm. privilege. And so it hurt me when someone thought that I was trying to pull one over on them right. and um so th- that left me just in disarray yeah but i went right into the next church without even a break in between yeah. like um because i had had two months instead of two weeks right. uh, i had the luxury of looking around a while and sure. ended up um at the next church yeah uh, without that break but i've always had this kind of Ooh, what does my senior pastor think of me right. in the back of my head? And oh my gosh, is this going to ever repeat itself again? Because I'm uh, terrified of yeah. that. So, um, yeah. And so, all that to say, you know, you can you can uh, think what you want to think about uh, senior pastors, but really, it's it's not all great. Even when your relationship is good with them right. or seemingly good, it might be for a wrong purpose. In right. that, that case, it was a manipulation. Sure. And so even – I want you to hear today, someone out there that's listening, even if your relationship feels strained with your senior pastor, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Sure. You could have a great relationship with him while he's manipulating you. Right. So um, – and I hope that that's not the case for anyone. Yeah. But like just hear – here, that's part of the job piece of it. Sure. Sometimes you have to come to a place and go, look, we're different. And that's why we're here together. Right. And we can sharpen each other or we can fill in where the other one lacks, you right. know. And um, so that has been the thing that I've carried with me from that from that individual uh, circumstance was sure. it's not always going to be roses. And that's okay right. if you are still on point with the way that you believe Right. Uh, in God and theology and in ministry life, mm-hmm. then that's that's really all you need. And and I've taken that with me here to Mission Hills. And um, the the main reason I have a job in Mission Hills, um, or I, I took the job, I should say, is because they have someone on staff who is looking out for the better 
of the staff, like right. as a whole. Right. Like they, um, we have a, a gal on staff, Heidi Lopez, who does such a great job at mm-hmm. creating culture and being intentional on making sure that the staff's needs are met. And that was the reason that I took this job because mm. I was like, I have not seen that anywhere in the church. Right. And this is maybe the most important staff position I've seen on a church because that is her job to make sure that we all can come together and work together. And um, that was something that I knew that I needed going forward. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, it probably couldn't have come at a better time for you. You know, Um, I I think a a couple of things that stuck out to me. I mean, one, I think it is important to, to understand like, and I know we, we kind of, you know, riffed on the, you know, the business culture mm-hmm. of, you know, of church and all that kind of stuff and how the, you know, senior pastor is like the CEO and blah, blah, blah you know, mm-hmm. the way that I've heard that described. Right. And so, uh, but at the same time, like that is the reality that most, mm-hmm. you know, that most of us work in, yep. you know, right yep. now. And so it, it's not, I, I would hate for someone to hear your story about what happened mm-hmm. there as, you know you being, you know, insubordinate or you being, you know, right. like there there was there was a relationship there that you thought existed, a mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. of trust yeah. that you thought had been established that in one incident was just completely mm-hmm. undermined. Yeah. And so, you know, I I think especially for younger worship leaders, it is easy to get and I I just talked about this uh, in an episode that I recorded um, recently with a friend, Mark, like it's easy when you're young to walk in to a ministry position and be like, yeah, I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) this is, this is what I've been called to do. And this is what you hired me to do. So let me do my job, you know? (laughs) And, and that can just really close you off to, you know, to any kind of suggestion or constructive criticism or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think this, this situation that you're describing goes beyond that. Like this wasn't constructive in any way. This, this wasn't, you know, this was just a complete breakdown in trust. And so what, what kinds of steps have you taken since then in ministry positions that you've been in, um, to, to establish a good relationship of trust, Mm -hmm. maintain that sort of, for lack of a better term, hierarchy Mm -hmm. of, you know, of, Mm -hmm. of power and responsibility and, you know, reporting to people and all that kind of stuff, um, you know what? What kind of steps have you taken since then to yeah. to make sure that 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 you know you're not being manipulated and you're mm-hmm. not being blindsided mm-hmm. by a narcissist who's just like you're trying to take control? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, I, really, it all comes down to if if you're called to this and if they feel that you're called to this, mm-hmm. you need to step up into sure. that mm-hmm. uh, calling. And um, I think sometimes we can get down on the ministry as a whole because it's um, it's not the way we expect it or things. You know, um, I know in previous podcasts, um, Chasing Sunday, we uh, guys have been talking about you know, um, and you've talked about um, pastors, church leaders don't discount the 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 worship or the creatives mm. because. Um, because they're just that, that right. they have more to offer right. is what you've said. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely true. But on the flip side of that, I would also say 
the creatives, worship leaders, worship pastors lean in and step up into that calling Mm -hmm. that you feel God has on your life. And so that is kind of, that was the thing that I learned from that um, terrible uh, circumstance at that church was, you know what, if I've been called here, then I have, I have a place, I have a seat at the table Mm -hmm. and um, I might not have the head of the table. That's okay. I understand that. But I have a voice here, mm-hmm. and you've called me for more than my singing voice. You've called me for my voice into uh, mm-hmm. situations and matters. Uh, you hired an individual, not a talent. Right. And so I, I didn't shy away from conversations that maybe I did when I was really young in ministry mm-hmm. where I just kind of kept my head down and did the music thing and didn't really get involved in um, the leadership of the church or, right. or whatever. Or I would voice... Uh, certain things like, hey, they would roll something out to the staff and say, this is the vision or this is whatever. And I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. But I wasn't going to leave that meeting not understanding it. Mm. I would say, hey, help me understand that better so that I can carry the banner to the rest of the church or to those that, you know, um, that would ask me about it. Mm -hmm. And um, by doing those types of things, by engaging them with these questions about help me understand that better, most of the time, I saw my position get elevated mm-hmm. uh, within the church, and I was brought into leadership um, in different leadership roles beyond the worship role mm-hmm. at the next church that I was at because right. I pushed back, that I wasn't just a yes man for the sake of being a yes man. Sure. I was going to uh, push back on it with my own insight, but also ask questions. Right. And so ask those questions. Don't be afraid to do that. I think a lot of us are afraid a lot of times because, again, we think of it as a job. Right. And, um, oh, gosh, if I push buttons here, I may not yeah. have a job tomorrow. Yeah. And you may not. Right. Um, yeah. And that was where I was for the last two churches as when I ended my time there. It wasn't worth it to me to not push buttons because right. – I have a calling. You have a calling. We all have a calling. We have a responsibility to what God has called us to do. So don't shy away from it. Right. You have you have a voice, and you need to use that voice now with respect and with love, as the sure. Bible would tell us. Sure. Not just to be a jerk. I almost right. said a bad word. Um, <laughs> not to be a jerk, but just to to be a voice in the ministry that is helping, not right. hurting. Right. And it's much better for you to have these conversations with those people that absolutely then to go off with your buddies later on and just yep. complain about everything yeah. that's going on that's yep. not helping anybody so let's let's uh, seek to to fix things and right. and to at least come to a place of understanding yep yeah i think you know mo- a lot of the frustrations that that worship leaders and creatives and and artists and musicians and stuff like that feel in the church has to do with this you know well i'm just the you know, I'm just the music guy. I'm just, the, well, yeah. But if you, if you walk around acting like you're just the music guy, that's yeah, all anybody's going to look gonna at you be. as. Absolutely. So yeah, it does take, it, it, it takes a level of, of buy-in mm-hmm. and a level of ownership, not right. just of your position, yeah. but ownership of your church. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, you weren't, you were called to this community. Mm-hmm. You weren't just called to lead the band. That's right. You know, you weren't just called to to pick four songs, you know, and 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 lead them on Sunday morning and then, you know, hole up in your office the rest yeah. of the week. 
even though that's what I did. But um, but I, you know, one of the things that, that I'm being challenged by at, at at my church is, yeah, they. I'm constantly being asked my opinion, and constantly, mm-hmm. and it's weird for me. <laughs> and not to say that I haven't been asked that at other churches. Sure. But I've been afraid in some ways to take up that mantle mm-hmm. and say like, yes, I do have some experience. I do have some knowledge right. in this area. But also, like you said, if there's something that I'm not knowledgeable about, mm-hmm. not just, and, and I think it would be fair to say that in most of the churches that I've worked at, I have been probably the least educated <laughs> person <laughs> on the staff. You know, I mean, right now I'm, I'm the only person on my staff who does not have a seminary degree or is not in seminary right now. Right. And so I, a lot of times will shrink back in conversations because wow. even though yeah. I've been in ministry for 23 years or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, 42 years old, I feel about this big, right. you know, I feel like, feel like my four-year-old daughter sitting at the table and everybody's talking about <laughs> the quant- adult table. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. talking about quantum physics yeah. or like, you know, you know, politics or finances. And I'm just sitting Gosh. there going like, can I have more mashed potatoes? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, no, I, I still have, I have value to give to that. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, if I reduce my own value down to just being the music guy, yeah. which is sometimes it's easy, yeah. it's comfortable because sure. that's what I know. Sure. That's what I like. That's where I'm comfortable. Right. But until I'm willing to sort of stretch outside of my comfort zone and really share or ask really good questions mm-hmm. to make sure that I understand things the way everyone else is understanding it. Right. Yeah. Then, then I am going to just be the music guy. Yeah. And it's going to be harder for me to build trust with other people yeah. if I'm not, if I'm not sharing my curiosity and if I'm not sharing my wisdom mm-hmm. and my knowledge. Yeah. So, what a great illustration being a kid at the adults table. And, <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I've felt that because I don't right. have the uh, seminary degree or the, right. I'm in the theology classes or, right. And that's stupid. Like <laughs> that is a lie from hell that you right. don't, deserve to be at the same table because you haven't had the same studies they haven't had the same studies that you have yeah so like that's just a i think that's a a lie from the enemy that a lot of us have allowed ourselves to believe that we don't have a voice in the church because we don't have and maybe you do have the seminary degree or whatever but like that that doesn't make you more of a man (laughs) that doesn't make you more of a woman in leadership yeah Yeah, right like that's just not a it's it's all about the passion and the sure. calling, right? Uh, and w- if you're passionate about it, you feel called to it, then take those seminary classes. If you don't, don't. Yeah. But you can still have a voice because God's called everyone, not just worship leaders, not just senior pastors, not right. kids leaders. He's called everyone. Right. Yeah. We all have, we all have some skin in the game. Yeah. Check our time. Um, I. I want to ask you just just one more one more quick question. Um, what are you as you look at the state of the church, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we sort of come out of the fog of a, you know, of a pandemic year. Um, We're in a pandemic? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, gosh, I forgot. Huh. You you live in a I cave. Um, no, I, <laughs> I'll watch ESPN for news. Yeah. <laughs> That that that's why uh, all the people have been wearing masks. Um, Everything makes so much sense. I thought we were doing go. a Watchmen thing. Yeah, no, no, right, no. Cool. Um, what what are you what are you hopeful for? Yeah. In terms of 
the the worship culture in yeah. church, oh, capital man. C. What are you hopeful about moving forward? Oh man, I um, I think we took so much for granted mm. before um, the lockdown. Before we were all forced to watch church on our screens. Yeah. Um, I think we took engagement for granted. Mm-hmm. I think we took facial expressions for granted. Mm-hmm. I think we took um, uh, standing next to each other and hearing each other's voices sing praise to God mm-hmm. for yeah. granted. A picture of heaven, and in my mind at least, you know, I think we took all of community for granted, uh, both inside the church and outside the church. And so I'm hopeful, and um, and I've seen glimpses of it mm-hmm. already, as I'm sure you have in your fellowships, um, that people that are able to come at this point feel safe to come. Mm-hmm. There's something very powerful that's happening yeah. in worship culture in our church, and it's not just the song service before the message. It's impactful. It's needed. It's meaningful. It's an expression that you're dying to have, if, especially right. if you've been locked down yeah. uh, and you're depressed or you're feeling anxious about anything. You need that outlet. That's why God gave us music right. and the ability to sing. It involves the entire body. That's why David instituted into temple worship in Chronicles. That was mm-hmm. really what it was all about, and it, it it's the only uh, vent that we have. And so yeah. we did it for such a long time where we were spoiled, and we got to go sing our favorite songs and we sat there every week as faithful, you know, Christians, men and women of God. And, and, um, not to, for some people that it was still very powerful, but I would say for the majority, they probably took it for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think, at least I hope, um, that the church is going to be coming late to service. Mm. Like I see people coming early to get there and line up at the doors or line up wherever they can. And they're wanting to, to engage in that way. And that's what I'm hoping. And I cannot wait for the day, uh, Lord willing, that we have no restrictions mm-hmm. and can be back to that. And I think uh, be a tearful, tear-filled day for myself and, yeah. and for all of our churches when we're able to stand together mm. and minister because it's it's been hard, yeah. uh, uh, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, these uh, online services just that's not what God intended. That's not how he built us. It's not how he uh, commissioned us. Um, right. We were supposed to be together yeah. and lifting him high and lifting each other and encouraging one another. Hebrews 10.24 tells us to not forsaken the gathering of the saints and to encourage one another all the, all the more as we see the day mm-hmm. drawing near. And I think, um, I mean, like some people say, we've never been closer to Jesus coming back than today. So, um, and it's the truth. But like, we need to treat it like that too. And so, what does that mean for us coming together and encouraging one another and treating each other with love and respect? And um, yeah, mm. I just can't wait for those things. Yeah. Those simple, simple things that we took for granted. Yeah, oh, so. that's good. That's good. You have, um, you have uh, a CD you have made of a couple uh, yeah. you have a couple of CDs that yeah. you have made yeah where can people find those yeah well we are in 2021 so uh, people can find the physical CD if they reach out to me on my website at justincurtisadams.com that's my full name um, and uh, the name I choose to go for my artist name even though that makes me sound like Stephen Curtis Chapman but maybe and- that- 
Maybe it helps. Maybe it helps you remember today. You could do a lot worse than Stephen Curtis Chapman. (laughs) JustinCurtisAdams.com. I could do... I have done a lot worse, actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, (laughs) you can reach out to me there, and I can get you whatever I have left of a copy, but it's on all major platforms for downloading and streaming. Um, Got two uh, albums. One's more of a cover live album, and the other one is a lot of my my own original works Mm -hmm. called Unsearchable God. So. And it's it's very good. So, Thank you. and uh, a couple things I, I didn't say um, is that you probably have one of the best voices I've ever heard. Oh, so, shit. if you want to, uh, if you need those little shivers down your spine, oh, golly, um, <laughs> oh, Chuck's always uh, expecting that. Yeah, and and you are a very gifted songwriter as well. So I'm glad you've kept that up. Um, yeah, uh, Mission Hills is where he, Justin Lee's worship. You can uh, go to missionhills.org. Yep. Um, and they stream their services, yeah. uh, not just during the pandemic, but they also stream them live just on. Absolutely. In, in regular times okay. as well. Regular times. Um, just regular times. That's what we'll call them. Yeah. Um, Justin, man, I love you. I love you too, bro. And I'm, I'm so glad yeah, that, that you were able to do this and, and, Honored. um, love uh you know i love your story even the the parts that that are hard um thank you for letting me be a part of it and and speak into that uh into some of those things i I had forgotten that i had said some of those things to you so um you were like man i sounded good man god that was good advice i was smart once wow wow what (laughs) happened um yeah well man uh we'll definitely have you back and um yeah, but go go listen to Justin's stuff. Check him out at Mission Hills. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks. Yep. So there you go. That was uh, my little chat with Justin. Um Hey, if you are, uh, if you're struggling in your position, uh, of leadership at, at, uh, at your church, uh, leading worship there, and you feel like you have some, some strained relationships, um, I think Justin gave some great advice there. One is seek understanding, like try, try to find a way to, to sit down, um, with your leadership and just ask them to help you understand uh, what they expect of you, what they uh, what they hope that you'll be doing there, but also make your intentions very clear. Step into and up into your position. Uh, take ownership of, of why you've been called there. Take ownership of what you've been called to do in that space. And, um, and, and I, that will go a long way um, toward one, earning the, the respect and the trust of your leadership, and it'll also open their ears to the things that you have to say and the concerns that you may have. Um, I think we've talked about this a lot before, but one of the worst things that we can do uh, as artists and as worship leaders is to withdraw and just get inside ourselves and just say, well, this is just the way it is. I'm going to have to just just you know, muddle through it and, and struggle through this time. And there will be times that you do have to struggle through, um, but it doesn't have to be that way all the time. Um, don't be afraid to, to step up and, and own what you've been called to do and, and, and why you're there. Um, I hope you were encouraged by Justin's story. 
again, you can check him out, uh, his website, justincurtisadams.com. Um, and, uh, he also leads worship, uh, at Mission Hills quite often. So, uh, their website is missionhills.org. Uh, they live stream their services every weekend, not just during the, not just during the pandemic. Um, so make sure that you, uh, you check him out. He's a, he's a great worship leader. They're doing great things, uh, at that church. And, and I think that you would really be encouraged, um, by, uh, by what he does there. So, um, thanks again so much for listening. As always, please do subscribe. If you listen to this often, um, it's real easy. You just click subscribe on whatever, uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you feel so inclined and you've been encouraged and you'd like other people's, other people's, other people to know about it, please get on Apple podcasts, leave us a review. Um, and, uh, and a rating there, uh, that would really help us get some traction and get some more people listening, uh, to stories like Justin's, um, and, and find the encouragement that they need, uh, to continue, um, leading worship. Uh, we believe it's such a, a vitally important part of what the church does. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we just want to encourage more worship leaders. So please spread the word, subscribe, leave a review, uh, leave a rating for us. That would be great. Uh, Chasing Sunday Podcast is a production of Torn Curtain Arts, and our president is Paul Roman-Glevitt. He's also the executive producer. Um, I do all the recording and editing and, and all that fun stuff. Um, and then our music is produced by Danny Burton, um, who just does a wonderful job. You can find out more about what Torn Curtain does and how we can help you as a worship leader or at your church in your creative department at torncurtainarts.org. You'll hear back from us soon. We're trying to release these every couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, thanks again for listening. We will see you soon. 